the same way when you're around it so much yeah. because you're you're basically trained to see everything that's wrong. All right, so just so I can say this, so we're all sitting around. Uh, we finished recording the D3 championship, and uh, we started talking about Hoff's job, which uh, you're very open about. It, so thank you. I appreciate yeah, that. But sure. we're like, man, this is Brandon. I have so many questions. So we're like, look, the equipment's sitting in front of us. Let's just... Uh, Let's record a let's record another uh, mini episode. Here. We ended the last one by Tim asking me if I had any questions, and <laughs> none of them were about football. It was like <laughs> I need to I need to yeah. I need to figure out about this whole thing. So let me let what was I saying? So you walk in, and I don't. You stated that the cremation process should be charged more. Is like how so you, this how is, do you push yeah, that? This is my opinion only. I should start that. Um, it's and, and, and it's and not is, a pushing. This Go is ahead. just in the realm of so generic b- burying yeah. people is your job. That is what you do. It's yes. so work I, in the funeral service, the industry. In, in layman's um, terms, as I told Brandon, my job is um, New York State does not require a burial vault. Um, cemeteries do. And my company makes and delivers burial vaults. Makes, uh, we don't, well, I guess we do now make caskets, deliver caskets, and, and all funeral products. And, and uh, your description of it, uh, if you want to say that again, I yeah. thought was a very good description. So in, in layman's terms, there's there's multiple magnitudes of what a vault costs, and I won't exactly say that, you know, for the public yeah, knowledge. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah. Uh, as well as caskets, there's variations. So a, a vault... I'll say it this way. Caskets, 98% of people know what a casket is. Why? Is because in movies, TV shows, anytime there's a funeral in it, you always see a casket getting lowered. Six feet under is the biggest. It's and one of the things they and talk it's the, about. And in it's, it's, yeah, it's absolutely the biggest myth ever because if a cemetery dug six feet, nobody would get out of the grave. Yeah. Uh, so realistically, you have to have 18 inches above the uh, of earth above the, the casket slash vault. So a casket is a bed. Everybody wants a nice bed. Um, so wait, honestly, and even just that, so six feet under isn't actually a thing? No. Okay. No, no. It's uh, usually if I stand in the bottom of a grave, my head's um, over it um, quite a bit. I mean, I usually up to my shoulder. So it's it's like five, four and a half. It's been beaten into our heads for years. Yeah, that well, it has to be. I want I, you to go into a six foot hole and get out. Your no. shoulders are gonna hurt like hell. Yeah. No. I mean, it's just that's just what everyone. I'm assuming. Yeah. It's it's. I mean, there's TV shows, right? It, it's yeah. all that. Um, so I mean, you you have to get below the frost line in New York State and, and in a lot of places, um, and it's really because you don't want the animals to get down there. So you want to get below, far enough to where it kind of takes the not that there's a smell because of these vaults, but that's yeah. the kind of the notion of the six feet. Maybe way back in the day it might have been a thing because they were you know worried about it, um, but yeah, it's definitely not the case. So and like I said, my my company makes and delivers these burial vaults. So a casket, which again, ninety eight percent of people know what they are. A burial vault, on average, only forty eight percent of people know what that is. Um, so the best way to describe it to people who don't know and have never gone through it is a casket is a bed. You want a nice bed, as as funny as it sounds. A vault is a house. If your roof leaks, your bed's not worth anything. So vaults vary from concrete. Concrete is porous. It lets stuff in, doesn't let it out. So you can use your imagination on what can get in there that's in the ground, right? Um, and then as you go up, it's there's liners involved, there's there's metal involved and stuff like that. So there's big variations. And, and Brandon's shaking his head. I don't know if he has more questions or he's just trying to contemplate what the hell I'm talking about. No, um, I mean, I understand kind of the concept of concrete. So wait, wait, yeah, yeah. Stuff get, how does stuff get in? Concrete is porous. Uh, so that, I don't know what that porous means. Porous means that it lets stuff in, but it doesn't let it out. Like so freeze water. How? So think because of like th- there's holes in concrete. I mean, concrete is sandstone. It's mortar. So anytime anything, there's nothing to stop water from going through. So basement walls don't get through because they put a ceiling on it. 
So if you have a crack in your your basement wall or something, water will get through. There's no sealant on these things you're putting but, in the ground. But, I mean, it like, oh, oh. not there's not like that. No, there's there's not the kind of sealant that you're talking about. That's why you better buy a product that has a liner in it that does seal, is because it won't let any of that stuff in. Like your driveway, water seeps through. Dri- so that's why sometimes you have the freeze thaw where freeze, water right. gets into the concrete. Freezes, cracks expands, it. cracks it. So yeah. that's it. Can water I, can get through absolutely. if it's not sealed. Yeah, right. Water and and no, we don't. There, most of the product doesn't get painted all the way around as far as not having a liner. And you said it's poured on site is the other thing you had mentioned. Yeah, so, so we we have a place in Lancaster. So it's, not, it's not like you make it somewhere and then truck it in, drop it in. So it's not oh, no, sealed no, no, on no. the outside of no, it. No, we pour it in our plant in Lancaster. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So sorry, when you said on site, I'm sorry. So we pour my my company locally pours. Um, right now we're pouring about forty to fifty of these a day. Okay, so they're on site at your in Lancaster. Okay, yeah. So yeah, then yeah, we okay. we pour them one day. We we pull them, strip them, you know, paint the ones that have to get painted, and then we let them sit for 28 days. So they got to actually meet requirements over a 28-day span. Again, uh, the boring technology of it, that concrete has to break at 5,000 PSI to be considered uh, worthy of the cemetery. And then an order comes through from a funeral home only, and then we deliver it to a cemetery and do what we have to do there. I'm just... I know a lot of it's it's fascinating. So you... And you had said that New York State is... uh, has regulations on who can operate what like funeral homes can't operate yeah so um funeral homes legally in new york state cannot own cemeteries uh they cannot own a crematory which fact is a crematory is considered a cemetery unless they own the crematory before 95 or 96 um because then they were grandfathered in do people get around that the same way they do kind of like the liquor stores where like my cousin owns the liquor store it's not under my name or no like the wegmans that's on amherst is underneath Danny Wegman's daughter's name, so it's not necessarily a Wegman's liquor store. It's it, so so, the, but it's not like that. It's to a degree, no. You can you can't have it on the same site. Um, they actually, my plant in in Buffalo in Lancaster has the ability to have a crematory, but they say there's actually too many in Erie Niagara County, so they won't let us have it. They want them all in cemeteries because cemeteries, no pun intended, are a dying business um, because there's not enough money. So back in the 70s and 80s, people ran out and bought graves. I mean, I know many people, they're like, oh, for my wedding, my parents got me, you know, plots. And it's like, that's kind of weird. But now you look at it and they paid like $300 and some of these places are charging you, you know, 1800 When I was in uh, college, I was home for the one summer and my parents were like, yeah, uh, so, yeah, we bought our plots. And I'm like, what? why are you telling me this? Yeah. Like, I want to know. Like, I mean, it's, but pre-funded sense, stuff like, is the way to go. Yeah, yeah I everything mean, goes knowing, up. Yeah, and them knowing, they're like, hey, this is where it's going to be. And my dad's thing is, and he's very, you know, honest. He's like, I don't want you guys have to worry about sure. any of this when the time comes. I just want to make sure everything's taken care of you. I don't want to be a burden. So they've thought about all this because he kind of had to go through it with my grandmother. And Yeah, it's a hassle. Just, yeah, it's, you know, and. And then you get everybody together. And, I mean, then there's variations. You you really should look into doing it as you get older. And everybody should. If you ever have to go into a nursing home, like in the county or something starts paying for it, um, they get all the money that's left over in a life insurance policy. So you don't get it as a family. It's, it's something that a lot of families don't realize. They're like, oh, I'll just, you know, go get something cheap and take the money. And it's like, no, you know what? Your loved it's one not, is in that's a... That's not how it works. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely not how it works. The funeral home doesn't get to keep it. Um, that's a big misconception. They're like, you're just pocketing the money. And they're like, yeah, I wish I could, but no. Um, so a lot of people, as they get older, it's, it's a thing. It's like, oh, you know, my loved one's getting ready to go in a nursing home. And, and 
insurance companies will say, go plan your funeral now. Put as much in there as you can. Like, you won't get it back, but whatever you don't spend, you know, the, the county does get it back. So, the, so speaking of you said buying plot of land and you're talking about encasements and everything. Uh, so my my uh, grandfather and my grandmother and my dad's side of the family buried in Staten Island. Obviously, as you get into areas like in th- there's limited space, you're right. running in a room constantly. Yeah. Uh, so their plot was their caskets are right on top of one another. Right, three feet deep or how three does, three down. How does that work? Like how's uh, so and, and I, like I said what they do. So like I said, they they don't go six feet down. So there's um, there's a cemetery going in in Pembroke, and we have the contract. So certain companies, uh, a normal size vault is about three feet high. Um, with the without the cover, it's it's um, like I said, like 34 inches high. Um, so as you get in these bigger areas with limited space in the cemetery in Pembroke, there's actually called a double depth crypt. So what you have a it's double the height, and then there's a shelf in the middle. So what would happen is somebody would get interred in it, and then the shelf would go in, and then somebody would get interred on top. Now, in New York City and stuff like that, what they do usually is they actually just um, dig the grave down three depths, and then they put one in, and then they fill it back up. They probably do enough de- or enough funerals where they can just keep going in a time because there's more people. Yeah. Uh, up here, there's a lot of cemeteries go double uh, depth, and um, so we put a vault in, and they kind of put the the dirt on top of it so a family would buy one they would technically buy two plots but it would just be like that and it's just i mean i've been to many funerals and these are just things that you don't and it's it's like it's it's honestly it's something good to know because most people don't deal with they don't even think about it because it's not something that people talk about all the time but yeah death's the biggest unknown and and what's scarier in life than the unknown right so i mean a lot of people don't like to make change career changes personal changes i mean Brandon's having a child and I mean that's scary as hell because he has no idea what the hell's happening I didn't either and and so I mean even growing up with as large of a family as I personally have it's it's scary because you don't know what's going to happen then you know a year into it you know everything's working out okay and and health-wise with everybody and you're like okay this is like 95% common sense and 5% of getting yelled at by my wife for not knowing the common sense part um so it's 95% of her common sense and the rest of it's just all the stuff that you didn't know I just play video games yeah (laughs) so what's the uh what's the sales pitch I want to hear this is what I'm really intrigued about because I understand like the whole cars and car like car salesman this brand and this brand so you're walking in so what is your number one competitor uh, for vaults, yeah, um, it, another company in town. Yeah, no, no that's fine. <laughs> so another, com- have, there's two. There's actually three three vault companies in Buffalo. Um, we don't sell to the public, so we we only sell to the funeral homes, as I was telling you. Um, so it's different. Uh, every funeral home's different. Some funeral homes care more about volume. Some care more about product sales. Some some care more about you know communicating with the family. So I everyone's going to be a little bit different. So if I walk into a normal funeral home that I walk into, um, first off, in, in anything, whether it's, you know, whatever job you're in, you better believe you're the best. I don't care what you do. If you don't believe you're the best, go find whatever you do think is the best. Uh, if you don't think your company's number one, strive to be better, right? So my company's the biggest in the world at what we do. So we have, we have competition locally and prices vary, but that all goes to the funeral home, of course. It doesn't, you know, the, the general public doesn't necessarily see it. Yeah, so you have one plot, of, you have one you know, hunk of concrete versus another hunk of concrete. You're, this is someone that doesn't understand right, what's no, going sure, on. Sure, sure. Like, it's just mind-boggling to me that, like, how do you, hey, buy my hunk of concrete over this guy's? So the, the big thing is um, 
if you care about funerals or when you get to it. 86% of families like something that's um, personalized in some form of a funeral. And that could be a video at the funeral home. Uh, that could be a prayer card. That could be anything. And, and the thing is, is that everything that can be done on, in a funeral, for the most part, has been done. Um, I mean, you can literally go buy a casket that has a tray in the middle of it so you can put something in there so they can take it with them. I mean, there's, like, literally everything that you can do. We have camouflage caskets. We have special caskets. So those sell because of a personalization. So so my pitch always would to a firm that's like that is you just go in and you show them what you have to make it better. So we're in a – I'm a – the millennial generation, right? Um, I'm a firm believer that – they get a bad rap to a degree. I think a millennial will do what you ask them to do if you can prove to them why that needs to get done. Meaning, in the past, when our parents were probably working, a boss would come up and say, run through that wall. Okay, I'm going to run through the brick wall. I don't care. You told me to. Now the millennial is going to say, well, tell me why. And if you can't, they're going to walk down three feet and open the door. They're not going to just run through a wall. It doesn't make sense. I'll get to the same point. Just, you know, I'm going to go my own way. So describing to those how they can bring value to the product, and that through could be personalization. It might only be price. I mean, if it's only price, then, you know, that's up to the funeral home. If, if that's all they care about, then, you know, there's options out there for that funeral home too. So it, it's more along the lines of I have a product where I can give you, the funeral professional, a way to have the families design a vault literally sitting at your computer. You can pick the color. You can pick the personalization. We're all in game on. So let's just say that we want to do a game on theme at our funeral. I, I can print it out and, and have it at the, the, you show up to the cemetery, the, the top of the vault's going to say game on. It might even have a, a picture of us sitting right here. I mean, I can do all that with, in the house. So you're, remarkable. So you're, walking, you're walking in, speaking to a funeral director, and telling them yeah. to sell your product, Correct. basically. Correct. So... This Asking is a tough nicely. job. You could do a fantastic job of selling it to the funeral director. Now, you need to now teach the funeral director of why to sell your product because you're not physically there when he's talking to these families, correct? The absolute hardest part. Yeah. So the other thing is in sales in general, people don't buy products. People buy people. So your first and foremost thing is, is obviously selling yourself. Um, every person I've ever encountered in my life is a salesman. They just don't know it. Um, because you sell yourself at your job, you sell yourself to the boss for the promotion, for the raise. Um, at home, you mow the lawn. I mean, you're selling yourself day in and day out, no matter what you do. Um, so there's no difference. You know, if you're not a people person, you're not a people person. So I, that that part of it, you know, can be difficult. So yeah, you, your first step in any sales is build the the rapport. Uh, that's why door-to-door salesman at one time was one of the most profitable businesses in America. Like you could make a, a killing going door-to-door if you were a people person. If you could get somebody to buy your product, whatever Electrolux, you know, vacuum cleaner you were selling, encyclopedias, encyclopedia. If you could sell that door-to-door, you would make a killing because it's not an easy thing to do. And and getting on the road and and. Um, Hearing no is not an easy thing either. Like you'll walk into a place, they're like, "No, just get out." I mean, doors get slammed in your face, and I'm like, "Hey, I'm selling something that you guys buy." So, um, the biggest difference to start with is that you know you you got to sell yourself. The product kind of follows after that. If you have a, a crap product, it's not going to work. So you, you know, service is key. You have to have the the best service, um, and you know, you have to have the product and you have to have the price. Those are the three things that, that really matter, service, product, and price. If you can get all three of those, at least in the realm of your competition, and they like you on top of it, you're most likely going to get there. So as far as sales, a lot of it is, you know, they call up and you follow through. You make sure you do your job. Um, and, and that's not obviously with every company. Mine might be a little bit more unique. Do you, so uh, 
how many com- I, how many competitors are there for you guys in the so for vaults there's buffalo is a tough market the northeast in general is a tough market everything in everything you can think of since the country started here has been done Right. So, I mean, no matter what business you're in, um, somebody's already done it. You might be able to do it better, um, but you still got to get your name out there. So in Buffalo, there's three other vault companies or two other. I'm sorry. There's three total. Um, I have a plant in Jamestown. There's one there. uh, Cortland, one, I guess, other competition. Fairport, there's two, uh, three, three. So, um, you know, most two or three around here. But some places in the country, there's nobody. They, you know, they're by themselves, which I'm not a fan of. I'm a fan of competition. It keeps everybody grounded. How do you guys even, like, how do you, because it's not like for obviously for Game On and stuff like that or any other company, a lot of like social media marketing, but it's not, that's not really a route that you guys go. I, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe you do. I just uh, don't we see have, it. We, but yeah, when we, you die, do you want nice concrete? <laughs> like, call I, us. Yeah. Here's so, a nice encasement. So, yeah. There's just a photo of you on Instagram. And a just a photo of you just laying down. So we, we do have sites. Uh, sites online, um, but they're they're not really for the public because we don't we don't need stuff out there. We share it amongst the people that are in the community and, and the funeral like vaults. I mean, we don't we don't really work with the funeral homes as far as that goes. If I post something online myself, um, it nobody will be able to tell what funeral home it is because we don't need a family to come back on us. We there are sites where you can post stuff uh, where other people can see it just for the recognition. I mean, it's it's not an easy job. I mean, they were out there in the elements doing all this stuff, uh, setting up. It's it's kind of a job you do if you want to help people, but you don't know how else to help it. Um, because if you think about it, you know, a funeral director, and, and which is not what I do, but, you know, what they do is they're, they're kind of like that calming influence at the family's biggest time of need. Because, like you said, you don't think of death. Nobody does. Uh, you, I told you before, you, how many cars have you bought in your life? How many houses have you bought in your life? And then all of a sudden somebody comes around and they're like, hey, your funeral bill is ten grand." they are like, why? I didn't see that coming. You didn't know that somebody was going to pass away. Um, it's, I mean, do a little research. Internet's definitely destroyed our, my business uh, because people don't fully research. They just look up and say, price is all that matters. And if it is, that's, there's something out there for you. Well, I was going to say, how do, you, how do you show someone that you've done a good job? That, like... Uh, uh, me myself or no no no, no like the company because obviously you're selling these encasements and then it gets buried how do they know disinterments are actually at an all-time high um so these come out of the ground very regularly i guess a couple times a week you know for the most part various reasons people move um i actually we moved one 10 miles and we had the the guy was like well, you know we asked the funeral director i was talking to i said why do you do it he goes because the guy got sick of driving 10 miles you know he was 78 years old and 10 miles closer to him was more important than the whatever cost was how much does that cost if you if you're if you're not i mean if you're really if you're not going far it's not that expensive i mean you can do it it's under under a grand buying the plot of land the new plot of land oh so every cemetery is different so like we're out in the country you can get plots of land out there for you know a quarter of what they charge in the city getting this stuff digging something up and physically moving it most funeral directors like to keep the funerals under 10 grand if they can but usually it goes from um I would say the average is probably around twelve thousand dollars, and that but that includes everything. You got to compare apples to apples and all that other stuff. So this is where I was getting with before we jumped on. So I walk in, put, I want I want Hoff's uh, sales hat right here. I'm walking in right now. I 100% want cremation. Sure. Vault. I don't need a vault. Don't need. Boom. It. Save money there. Don't need a casket. Boom. Save money Done. there. Yeah. I get the service. I get cremation. Yep. Now why and why why would I do the other way? What. 
I wouldn't tell you to not do the other way. I wouldn't tell you to go the other way. There's there's zero wrong with um, with cremations. Um, to be honest with you. Uh, no, no, I'm not saying there's something wrong, but... No, so but I mean, from a funeral director's standpoint, there's zero wrong. Like, a funeral director should not talk a family out of something they want. My first question to you, so you want cremation. My first question is, is what are we going to do with the, the ashes? What are we going to do with the cremated my, body? Uh, my wife's going to keep them on the shelf. Perfect. So now I know that you're at least going home, so you're going to need to buy an urn, right? So now my mind's already going to there. Are, uh, are we going to have a service? Yeah. All right, perfect. So now I already know that I'm getting used to my facility. So now those two things, you know, it, it used to be a game where... You know, you wanted the big number. Now it's a game of 100 bucks here, 100 bucks here. Um, the game's changed, as every business has changed. And if you're not willing, I mean, fuck, Kodak was one of the biggest businesses in America. They never changed. It's not that they didn't change. They had the patent for digital film. They gave it up because they didn't believe in it. Kodak destroyed themselves oh, because yeah. they weren't willing to change. And, and, and that's, you have to be willing to change in a business. You have to adapt. So, so my company, because of cremation, we sell less um, burial vaults. So what do we do is we start a casket company. So we're using those, and that's doing well. What do we do next? I make farm products because I pour concrete. I pour a yard and a half of concrete. If I can make a form out of wood, I can pour it. I can make a slab. I can, I can make whatever you want me to make. If I can get a form, I can make it. I don't have to just do the funeral business. So every business has to evolve no matter what you do. If you don't evolve, you're not going to be in business for long. Adapt. Yeah. That too. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's an ever-changing world that we live in. So, so if you came into me, and I was, like I said, if it, to go back, if you said, hey, I want this... Uh, I, I don't. I want an urn. I'll give you the book of urns. Like, okay, here. This is what we're gonna go through. Um, the f I, I'm sure the other. Obviously, that's near. I'm sure a lot of people still go the other route. Is religious reasons, obviously. I imagine is. Uh, yeah. So the other thing is, is religions down. Um, Re so what'd you say? Religion is down. It's not as. Active. I thought you said dumb. No. I That's did not. not. Nope, nope. And I, and I don't think this it is. This is yeah, specifically business. But in this business yeah. model, yes. But uh, so religion. And I should say it this way: your your normal religions are down. So there's startup religions that people are kind of involved in. I mean, people have their own thoughts on that. But so the Catholic Church, and it was actually in the '60s, but really in the '80s, it was prevalent where they kind of allowed the cremations and they they kind of made it more acceptable. But what they said was that we still need you in a Catholic church. We still need you in a Catholic cemetery. So that in turn, even though the cremation was happening, you know, moderately. Um, they were still getting their costs. The funeral directors were still getting stuff, but cremation in the 80s was like 2%. Cremation in the 90s was like 10%. So the recession in the middle of 2000s is what really changed it. People became more money conscious. In the 90s, it was cool to spend money. Everybody wanted to spend money. And then as you got older in the 2000s, now it's cool to save money. I mean, why am I going to spend something? So again, it all comes down to value. If you don't have a value in it, you're not going to buy it. And, and the other thing is, is let's say you need a, a TV, right? You're going to go online and research it. Everybody does. So what's the first thing you're going to do when you jump, you know, somebody passed away is you jump online. So what's that article telling you? And where, who wrote the article? Because terminology in New York is different than it is in other states. So when you walk into a funeral home, um, you think you're smarter than the funeral director because you looked it up online. But what you looked up might be completely irrelevant in the state. That's why you would have to look up uh, funeral services, Reddit, New York State. Sure, I'll have to look it up one day. I'll have to look it up one day. Yeah, I just usually if you Reddit is very good at vetting all that stuff or pointing people in the right direction. It's almost always my go-to source to point me in the right direction right. or provide information that's legit. Because you said you could go look online and it could be some article that got posted, but it's not going to give you the information you need for New York State. And even just when we, one of the reasons we jumped on is because you're talking about all the different regulations and everything for it, yeah. and just stuff that 
the common person would have no idea or wouldn't even they don't want to think about right. having to deal with well, that. Well, even in the future. like crematories, you have to be certified, and you have to go through certain specs, and you have to have DEC coming so out and measuring you your stacks and everything. Could you have a crematory? I have two in New York State. My my company does. I just got certified. So you guys have I the vaults, the caskets, and now a crematory. And yeah, urns. So um, what can't you do due to regulations? You can't uh, just have a Hoffy funeral home. No, I could. I don't. You don't actually have to be a licensed funeral director in New York State to own it. You have to have a licensed funeral director to manage it. So every funeral home in New York State has to have a different license than a funeral home than another. So if you own three funeral homes, you have to have th- three different licenses from three different individuals so, on the wall. So that's the that's the thing where it would be coming to being similar to the liquor store where you can't own multiple liquor stores you can only own one correct which is why like well you can own them all you can't legally manage them uh, maybe that's I, I think for liquor stores there's always like loopholes around how they get right. like premier gourmet is it's three different names it's three different businesses but it's not the same it's the group but each person who owns one of those stores is different it's right. not the same person right i mean and they're all managed by the same people overall you just need a license on the wall yeah. that's different from somebody else all right so what's the weirdest shit you've seen yeah. Um, so there was there was this uh, that, that you can tell us legally. No, 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 no. I, there's yeah. nothing. There's nothing bad. But there's so there's two. The one the one weird one was um, we were sitting at a, a cemetery and the funeral director pulled up and he goes, "Hey, when this last car comes in, block the driveway." And we're like, "All right." So we, they pulled in. We blocked it. And afterwards, we found out it was a big gang thing, and the other gang was told they were coming to have a shootout at the cemetery. So that was kind of scary, because obviously, you know, no, no judgment. You bury whoever you bury. Um, the funniest, weirdest thing I ever, I ever encountered was this little old lady was up at a grave, and everybody left, and she wanted to stay and watch everything. So you know, we did our job, and she walked over and goes, "It's about time, you fucker!" and turned around and walked away. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, and, and I don't know. I mean, you know, you you could have obviously there's internal. Gen- Jokes. Everybody deals with that differently, uh, and that could have been her. Yeah, and that could have been her way. And maybe he was just miserable towards the end. I don't know, but I mean, it, it doesn't matter to me. It just that would to me. It was like everybody just kind of looked around, like, did that really just happen? <laughs> so I mean, and we've heard stories like you have other people. Who so no family like, members ever like fell in or yeah. like anything. Oh, I'm sure it has. Yeah. Well, I mean, you just haven't. I seen haven't it. personally seen it. No, I mean, nothing like the Sopranos where the you know the mob is there and then the FBI shows up to arrest half of them on. Not that I know of, but there's been plenty of times where the the police officers have been in the cemetery to make sure stuff doesn't happen. Um, So, I mean, in most of this stuff, my guys tell me because I'm not out there in the cemeteries as much as I used to be with my different job now, uh, doing the sales versus physically doing the work. Um, But, yeah, it's it's uh, it's interesting no matter, you know, how you look at it. So they uh, so you're at a funeral home, pour the concrete. No, I'm at my shop for the concrete. No, 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 no. I'm talking just the, the service in general. So okay. con- so you got the vault in the hole. Yes. Casket gets lowered. Yes. Do you have the, uh, you have the machine that lowers the casket? Is that you? Uh, it depends on the every near or Buffalo's different. Most of the cemeteries have their own equipment, but yes, we do have them on our So trucks. the top gets put on. Yes. Is there any seal on that, or is it just a top laying on top of? Depends on the vault. So, okay. so in New York State, everything's considered an outer burial container. Uh, in order to be a vault legally, it has to have a liner and a seal in it. So technically, if you wanted to call it a vault, yes, every vault has a seal. So in seven seconds, when that cover hits that base, that will be sealed. I can pick up pretty much the whole unit. Seven seconds after the, the, the earth hits it, I can pick up that whole product with just the cover, all 2,000 pounds of it. So now it's sealed. Yes, all right, sir. let's just say it's sealed. Yep. Is your job done now? Yes, I don't. We don't fill in the grave, right? You're, yeah, you just get your stuff and you you're gone. Yep, yep. And now it's the cemetery's job to yeah. 
They 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 open and close the graves. They, what, you pay for that. What is the vault sitting on? Just ground? Yes. Is there like a no, just, just ground? Just ground? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, huh. And in like in New Orleans, they actually because yeah, the water level so high, they do above ground burials more than they do. That's because, what I'm talking. About. That's yeah. what I want to be. I want, I want to get a whole mausoleum. So thing. so if Sick. you think about what I do, so your mausoleum, like you just said, so what I provide is a mausoleum. It just goes in the ground. It's basically the same concept. Instead of you sitting above the ground in a in a quote unquote mausoleum, this is a personalized mausoleum that goes in the ground. So it's kind of that concept. If you go to a cemetery and you see that, like you know, that that's pretty much what you're getting. Now legally, it has to be in a cemetery. Someone can't be like, hey. I don't want to go to the cemetery. Can you come and do this in my backyard? Like, Ooh, say you live. So, like, you say you live out in the country. I don't want them in the cemetery. Ha- no. I want to. You you have to be in a cemetery, but there's a lot of out in the country. Indian reservations are huge on this. Um, they're a little different on Indian reservations. They're not technically part of the state. I mean, they still have to follow like some guidelines. Kind of do their right, own right. thing. Like, like out there, you're like, go by the big red house and turn left. It's like, dude, they're all big red houses out here, but thank you. Uh, so there's a lot of family plots. I don't even know if you know this. There's a little cemetery right by the Bill Stadium, and the reason the stadium I have is heard set about this, that yeah. way is because they were not going to move the cemetery. That's why the shade level and the coldness and everybody's like, why is it turned this way? They actually had it designed to turn the other way is the story I was told but that little cemetery and I think it's through gate 5 I could I be know, wrong I know it's there's sitting one, right there on yeah. the left hand side there's a, like, it's right outside it's of the right, it's literally right, right by there. the gate yeah there's a cemetery by the gate yeah yeah yeah, right there, and and I, I maybe it's not. I'd have to look it up. It's so it's on it's opposite field house. It's opposite side of the field house. Um, so it, and it sits right on the it's right on the left hand side. Like I mean, you'd have to, you have to go down the big hill. You can look at Google Earth. Yeah, Google it's, Maps. it's right there's there. There's a cemetery right there. there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's an old family plot that they weren't willing to move. So when the the Bills put the stadium up, they actually had to design it to go not around it but to miss it. Huh. That's, uh, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah that's, that's fun crazy. facts. Yeah. All right. Well, I think I'm uh, good for now. There's one other thing I was going to ask, but then we got sidetracked and I forgot what it was. Yeah. Uh, oh, no. Yes, I do. I was going to say. So you've mentioned before uh, you guys are sometimes or you're hiring, right? I don't know if that's still the case. Or always. Not. Yeah, always. I mean, it's you're everybody's looking for help, right? And good help. So uh, anyone who is tuning into this, if you're looking, seriously, reach out to Hoff. I mean, if there's anyone yeah. who's looking for if the last half an hour of discussing this intrigues you. Uh, reach out to Hoff because uh, you'd make good money doing it. And uh, th- like you said, it's, it's a dying business, but yeah. it's good hours. And just you'll have to give up your Saturday football. Potentially. Oh, you're talking to the wrong people. Uh, that's now. what I mean. So, yeah, it's a, it's a six day a week job pretty much. I mean, honestly, most people uh, most people bury on a Saturday now because, you know, their loved ones has passed away so many times as an excuse to call into work that when they actually pass away, they can't do it again. Yeah. So a lot of them take place on Saturdays. So, but seriously, if anyone's interested, looking, reach out to Hoff. Find him on Facebook. Uh, thanks for talking with yeah, us for this. Anytime. It's just, it's you know, I said it's it's very it's fascinating. Brandon and I were very intrigued by it. So, uh, hopefully, everyone else enjoyed listening to this. And uh, <laughs> I'll talk to you guys later. Take care. Bye.